United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining us now to put the foreign policy of President George H.W. Bush in perspective is Chester A. Crocker. Mr. Crocker is James R. Schlesinger, Professor of Strategic Studies at Georgetown University. He was chairman of the board of the United States Institute of Peace at one time, the Twitter handle at USIP. Chester A. Crocker, welcome. Thank you for being here today. Good to be with you. Hard to uh, get the full scope in just a few minutes on the air, but maybe if you could touch on what you think are the primary accomplishments of George H.W. Bush in foreign policy and why we should think of him and thank him today as we are saying goodbye. Happy to do that. I think the George H.W. Bush administration got more done in foreign policy in the three and a half to four years that they actually had, uh, more than almost any other administration I can think of, certainly in modern times. Uh, Of course, the generally peaceful end of the Cold War, the winding down of that relationship, uh, efforts to build a a new structure of relations with, uh, with Russia, um, and the freedom that came as a result of that from all the, for all the neighboring states that used to be part of the Soviet Union. Um, he didn't crow about the end of the Cold War. He didn't beat on the drum about it. He just did it. Uh, the unification peacefully of Germany after years and years, decades of being divided into two countries during the Cold War. His leadership uh, in Desert Storm, I would point to, was, was terrific and a great example of the use of American power. Uh, both in the U.N. Security Council, where he lined up the votes and got uh, a strong mandate of support, as well as with the U.S. Uh, with the U.S. Congress, of course, uh, for the use uh, of American power in Desert Storm to reverse uh, the Iraqi invasion of Kuwait. These are just um, a couple of examples, uh, the winding down of the proxy wars that uh, had been taking place you know, during the Cold War. George H.W. Bush was a, a coalition builder. He understood the importance of building alliances. He knew how to reach out to everybody. He could, he could pick up the phone and contact leaders in, in every region of the world. Um, so those are just some examples, Tim. I can go on, but uh, go ahead. I did want to ask, ask about a couple of critics who have pointed to things like, for example, the incursion or invasion of Panama that they thought was nah, maybe not the best moment for the Bush administration. In addition to that, they look at the Iran-Contra uh, scandal that actually happened under President Reagan, and uh, there was some involvement by George H.W. Bush. How do you put those in perspective and balance those with his achievements? Well, I think the Panama event speaks for itself. I mean, it was a, an effort to take take care of a problem and deal with a, a really nasty leader that had a good reasons to be put behind bars. I don't really have any problems with that. Um, the vice president is a vice president, and that's when I worked with him most closely. We traveled to Africa together, and I saw the way he reached out to leaders across Africa and did uh, a fine job of building relationships there. Uh, but the vice president uh, is, is typically not in a position to reverse things that the president <laughs> would like to do. <laughs> and, uh, of course, this was on the Reagan watch, not on the Bush watch, the uh, Rand-Contra thing that you refer to. Talk, talk a little bit more about what he did with respect to China, because there has been much made about uh, the presidency of George H.W. Bush post Tiananmen Square uh, and and dealing with a country, as we see ourselves so often doing throughout our history, that has the less than uh, stellar record when it comes to human rights. 
Well, I think, you know, George H.W. Bush understood that we have to have uh, an overall context for making decisions. And we bringing China into the international system uh, the way we did uh, made sense at the time. It was obviously uh, uh, a tough call right after Tiananmen Square, but he did what I think um, with hindsight was probably the right thing to do. He sent his right-hand person, uh, General Brent Scowcroft, to, to uh, uh, work with the Chinese and to understand uh, what they were doing, but to convey our concerns in a quiet way. As I said, I, I don't think it was his style to beat on the drum and to try and, and primarily address himself to the domestic American audience. George H.W. Bush understood that we have many audiences in our foreign policy, and we have to talk to all of them, be understood by all of them, and, and be able to put everything into a, into a kind of overall balance. And I think you make an important point, too, and you understand the context of this because you have been following this for so long. The China of 1989, 1990, 1991, that is not the China of today. And the administration and the policies that we have with those countries, although they, they all evolve over time. And I, I think that your point you make is an important one, and that is whether or not what President George H.W. Bush did as much about what was going to be the future of this country as opposed to where it was just at the moment. No, that's right. And I think another point that needs to be underscored repeatedly about the way he conducted himself as president is that he surrounded himself with, with the best people. He understood that he could actually have people around him who might know something even more than he did about uh, the way relationships work in different parts of the world. I mean, just think about his team with with Scowcroft and, and uh, Colin Powell and Jim Baker. and You know, these were really quite a team. And he knew how to use it, but it didn't just happen at the top level. He understood the importance of working with career people, and he listened to career people. Uh, he would visit around the world. I traveled with him uh, in Africa, as I mentioned, and and he would reach out to not just the ambassador in our in our countries, but to the entire country team and shake everyone's hand and really relate to people and and give them a sense of of pride because they were working you know, with a team and for a leader whom they could respect. Uh, the uh, last question I have for you, uh, was he a strong leader? He was a strong leader who didn't, he didn't, show, he didn't show his strength by flexing his muscles in front of the TV camera. He obviously was comfortable with himself. He understood uh, what he'd been through, and he understood the importance of leadership. But his style of leadership... Uh, was uh, was graceful. Um, it was an outreach that he uh, was was very good at, and and he made other people feel like they also counted, and that's an element of leadership. Chester A. Crocker, thank you so much for joining us on POTUS today. Good to be with you. Chester Crocker is a James R. Schlesinger Professor of Strategic Studies at Georgetown University, former chairman of the board of the United States Institute of Peace, and the Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.